You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Our Torah portion this week is called Parshat Vayera. And Parshat Vayera is, continues the story of the first Jewish person to ever exist. Who, by, you got to raise your hand, who was the first Jewish person to ever exist? Who knows? Abraham, Avraham, very good. So last week, we heard the origin story of Avraham. Avraham gets the call from God to go forth to the land of uh, Canaan and establish uh, the Jewish people. He begins to uh, build a following around him uh, and uh, begins to, uh, to, to understand what it means to be in the service of God, to be someone who follows God. And the Torah portion this week continues the story of Abraham. And one of the things that we learn about Abraham is that God felt so strongly about him, God felt uh, so confident in his uh, capacity for goodness and for justice that God wants to tell him a very significant piece of information about uh, the fate of some people in the world. So God goes to Abraham and says, I am going to destroy a particular city. Does anybody know, you got to raise your hand, does anybody know the name of the city that God tells Abraham that he's thinking about destroying? Merrill. Sodom, very good. There's actually twin cities, Sodom and Amorah, Sodom and Gomorrah. God says to Abraham, I'm going to destroy these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, final question. Does anybody know why God wants to destroy the cities of Sodom and Amorah. When he goes to Abraham and he says, I want to destroy the cities, what's the reason that God gives to Abraham? Why does God want to destroy those cities? What? Grace Hesburgh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, anybody know? Anybody know? Because they weren't nice enough to cats. That was actually the reason that God chose Abraham. Because Abraham hated cats. So they figured that that was a worthy reason to start the Jewish people. No. Um, okay. So here, I'm going to read the passage. Okay. So actually, you guys are right. That was a, kind of a trick question. Okay. Here's the, what the passage says. So God goes to Abraham and says he's going to tell Abraham uh, what's going on. And God says, Vayomer Adonai... Sa'akat Sudom Amora ki raba khatatam ki khavda me'od. Aredana ve'ere hakta'akata haba'a elai asukala ve'im lo ada'a. God says, the outrage of Sodom and Amora, the outrage of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grave. I will go down to see whether they have acted altogether according to the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will take note. So what's the sin? Why is God going to destroy the cities? It's a trick question, right? 
God doesn't actually say what the sin is that he wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So this is where the rabbis of the, uh, of, uh, of the Talmud and of the Midrash have a field day, right? Whenever there's a, 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 a statement like that in the Torah, but there's not really a reason, right? God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. There's a lot of sin. Great. What's the sin? It doesn't say. So the rabbis start to use their creativity, start to think what might possibly be a sin that's so bad that God would want to destroy the entire city. So what do you think are some possibilities? Yeah. They may have been worshiping idols. Very good. What about you? They're not obeying God. Okay, maybe. What else? you have anything specifically that they're not obeying or just in general not obeying? Everything that God says to do, they are doing the exact opposite. It's opposite day in Sodom and Gomorrah all the time. Good. Yeah. Any other ideas? What do you think is so bad that God would say, to, you know, forget all of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy them all. What would be so bad? Yeah, Meryl? They were evil to one another. Interesting. Okay. Still a little bit general, but yes. Okay. They were evil to one another. Good. Yeah. Not honoring Shabbat. Okay. Don't observe Shabbat. God's going to wipe out the entire city. Uh, Debbie, yeah. Ah, they weren't welcoming to strangers. There's actually evidence for that one in the text itself, and the rabbis point to that as a possibility. Lots of really great possibilities. I want to offer one that the rabbis say, and it's an unlikely one. So the rabbis say that the trait of Sodom what was customary in that city, why God thought it was so bad, is really surprising. Here's what the rabbis say. Sheli, sheli, veshalach, shalach. They would say, yes. You know what that means? Good. Sheli is mine and shalach is yours. So when I say sheli, sheli, and shalach, shalach, what does that mean? Right, mine is mine and yours is yours. It's kind of interesting, right? Because we usually think of that as like the very foundation of our society, right? The founding fathers said we have inalienable rights to life, liberty, and property, right? Property means what's mine is mine, that's fine. What's yours is yours, fine. I don't get to infringe on what's yours. You don't get to infringe on what's mine. And the rabbis say that that's actually the trait of Sodom. That's actually the principle that underlay their society and caused them to produce such evil that God was, said there's no other solution than to wipe out the entire city. Strange, right? So what's so wrong with that trait? So the rabbis offer an opposite. The midat chasid the trait of a righteous person is this. I need your help. Shali shelcha, veshelcha shelcha. Listen to it again. Shali shelcha, veshelcha shelcha. Close. Anybody want to give it another try? Shali shelcha, veshelcha shelcha. Good. Mine is yours, and yours is yours. What's going on here? The trait of the righteous, according to the rabbis, is the recognition 
that on a fundamental level, nothing really belongs to me. You might think that something belongs to you. I don't have the right to impinge on the things that you think belong to you. But in my own sphere of influence, where I have responsibility, where I have control, I have the responsibility to recognize that everything I have in my possession, all of my land, my house, my car, everything, I may have bought it with my money that I earned with hard, you know, hard work. But on a deep, fundamental level, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. Because the whole earth is God's and all it contains. Now that's not just a theological principle. It's a moral principle. Because if we relate to ourselves and to each other based on that principle, how different would our society look? How different would our society look if on a fundamental level, relating to other people, we respected everything they had. We didn't try to take what other people had, and also we related to what we have as public property. Everything I have is yours. How much more generous might we be? How much more open might we be to helping others we need, compassionate when we hear that others don't have what we have. And so what was so fundamentally broken at the heart of the city of Sodom is that everybody was relating to each other just as their own sort of independent entities. Everybody was their own city. Nobody truly cared about each other. Nobody truly wanted to help each other. Nobody was truly open to each other. Everybody sat in their own house, enjoyed what they had, and cared most about protecting what they had and getting more of it. So God said, such a city doesn't deserve to exist. And indeed, such cities, such states, such societies, history shows over and over again, crumble underneath the weight of their own selfishness and their own greed. And so we have an opportunity, each of us, a choice, whether we're going to relate to each other with midat sedom, saying shali, shali, vishalcha, shalcha, mine is mine and yours is yours, or whether we'll adopt midat chasidut, the trait of the righteous. No.